We are, this hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors. And you know what our goal is? That's to provide our listeners with some really good local stats. You might get a news report out of Atlanta, Georgia, and it's like a weather report. It's totally different here in sunny California. Uh, I understand the East Coast is really, really cold right now, but boy, I, I guess it was cold this morning, what, in the 70s? So that's right. And we have a, a guest here today, um, a realtor friend of, of mine and, and a realtor friend of everybody's, because that's how realtors are. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Steph Stoltenberg of EXP Realty and also the incoming president of the Women's Council of Realtors. So welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. All right. And uh, you have tonight you have a big you're being installed as president. Yes, absolutely. Installation gala. It's going to be awesome. Great. And um, now do you actually start tomorrow or do you wait till no. January 1st? <laughs> you know, to be honest, we're in transition right now. So truthfully, we are kind of starting taking over our roles to try to make for a smooth transition. So mm -hmm. but no, technically January 1. Yeah. Well, you know, technically January 1st, I start as president of Yay! the association. Yeah. <laughs> totally happy about that. Yeah. But you know what? The work started at Absolutely. least six months ago. Yeah. Well, so, and good thing. You want to be prepared, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> as much preparation that's gone into it, um, yeah, it doesn't seem like I'm quite there yet. No, I, well, I, I agree. I understand. I totally get it. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, first of all, I understand that you've been in the business for nine or 10 years. Yes. 2011, I got into real estate, a total career change. Okay. What a brilliant idea to get into real estate in 2011. <laughs> it's true. To be honest, when people would say, well, so I know you're studying. What, what are you doing? And I'd say, well, you know what? I've decided <clears throat> I'm going to uh, get my real estate license. And then it was just like stairs because nothing was moving in the market. We'd had the crash, all of this. And it's like, you got to be kidding. But really, for me, it was like the the actual commission check is just such a better idea than working hourly somewhere. I didn't know what else to do that would be any fun. Mm -hmm. And so everybody else kind of looked at me and realtors, they had one comment. Well, okay, just as long as you don't do short sales. That's what they would tell me. <laughs> tell our listeners what a short sale is. Is that like a really quick <laughs> escrow? No, it's a very, very long <laughs> and tedious time consuming. And really, you need to know kind of what you're doing. So what I did um, was get three different certifications to try to figure out how to do a short sale since I was just beginning. So you went and got educated. I got educated. Ah. I, it was critical, right? You need exactly. to know. Exactly. And then after that, I uh, tried to determine a short sale is when somebody defaults on their loan. They've got about three months, and then the bank will file against them and say, look, we need to do something about this. So... So where does the term short come in? There? Yeah, because no, it isn't short. <laughs> it, it means somebody's taking it yes. in the shorts. Yes. And it's probably it's <clears throat> the bank. It is the bank. So, you know, I learned a lot. And really, um, because the bank had not had so many of them before, there was a lot of difficulty with just even the formalities. But really, um, it took uh, time to gather all the person's finances. The bank operated on behalf of the person that was owning the home as far as making decisions from that point on. And then we would all come as realtors to the table and sit down and say, okay, here's what we have for an offer. And we asked the bank, would you take a short amount? You're not going to get the full amount, but what would you agree to to actually close this deal up and let these people move on because they had hardships? And I would imagine the bank wasn't so 
likely to just say, sure, we'll we'll take a short payoff of a hundred thousand no. dollars short. Yes, un- and unless they thoroughly check out absolutely that person and know that there's no other way to go. Absolutely, all the finances, uh, taxes, everything are brought to the table. Uh, they have to have a hardship, a true hardship, and so the bank would get a letter from the uh, homeowner, and uh, they would determine if it fit the mold. And, and to be honest, at that time, with so many people, you know, maybe losing their jobs or whatnot, there were lots of people that genuinely had hardships. Mm-hmm. So then there were a lot of people, and this made the problem even worse, a lot of people didn't really have a hardship. That's possible, yes. They were dry, you know, had their RVs or boats. Yes. And um, uh, maybe even borrowed on their house lots. to buy the boat yes, and pay happened. cash for it. Yes. And of course, the bank would say, uh, wait a minute, yes. why don't you sell the boat instead of the house? Yes. No. And to be honest, you know, it was difficult as a realtor sometimes to come in and distinguish because people could be a little deceptive at times. But I would have to say all I processed for two years was short sales. So in that time period um, where maybe uh, people thought there was a lot of people doing that, in my experience, I had the majority of my people genuinely, heart wrench, it was difficult, but um, they actually did have circumstances that were very, um, very sad. So what was the realtor role in a short sale? Yeah, boy, in that particular case, it would be not only just compiling their information, but I learned a lot about distressed homeowners, uh, people. So when somebody's in that kind of a situation, most of those had not paid their um, home, their payment for well over a year or so. And and there was a, um, a probably a little bit of a stigma attached to that where maybe people looking at that would be like, you know, gosh, they don't have to pay, make their payments. I do and so forth. But I would say that a person that's not making their payment on a home they want to stay in they are sad, discouraged, scared. They don't know what's going to happen. And it wasn't, you know, their finances were already going in such a downhill way that it didn't make it. It's not like they were saving a lot of money. They didn't. Mm-hmm. They just didn't have funds. Their houses became a little bit neglected. They couldn't keep up on them. I mean, that's what I found. So at that point, by the time the bank got to the point of decision, it could be a whole year before we got a full short sale approval letter, which is what we were looking for. So for the record, for all the listeners out there, when I ask that question, Steph's eyes lit up because I, I could tell you like that question. And what I'm pulling from you is that there was you, the realtor role is you brought a human element. Absolutely. To it. You, you, you have to be really sensitive because it, people are in pain. The people coming in, you know, they are going to ask the bank to go ahead and accept their offer. So you got to fight on behalf of everybody. You've got to go in and, and really um, getting the, the bank to agree. That was a long and tedious process. They would do their own evaluations. Sometimes they would be way off and they'd want way more money. And then if there was a second on the home, you got a big problem there. You got to go to the other second lender and say, now, not are you not only going to get very much at all, you know, we want you to agree to this. And it could be less than 10% is what they're going to ask the second to take. So there's a lot of technical things that go on, but the human portion of it, just getting everybody to to come to the table and to, to help them on their way, you know, it, it was uh, quite interesting. And what a job you must have had, because when you brought up the term uh, second trustee, that means two loans on the, on the yes. property. This is what would happen so often. You would work and work and work, and maybe four months later, you get the approval yes. from the bank, uh, the, the bank number one, but they say it's only this is only good for 45 days, for yes. example. Now you got 45 days to go to bank number two. Yes. And what if they take four months? Yes. 
they'd give you an approval for 45 days, but now the first has already expired, so you got to start over with Absolutely. them. Absolutely. And start over is a key. Yes, start over, it's difficult. And then the other thing, too, sometimes that second lender, they had things written, the way the loan was originally put together is truly what stopped them from saying yes. We would become angry because it's like, you got it, you know, we can't, it's going to just now go to auction, the home would. So, uh, but really, I found out that sometimes the secondary lender, because of the way they wrote those loans in the first place, they didn't even have options. But you didn't know that until you got all the way down, you know, to, to talk with them after bank number one said yes. Okay, let me give you a few statistics. Yay. So, Right now, there's 1,117 active listings in the Fresno Clovis area for residential homes. Okay. 1,117. Guess how many are short sales? And I'll bet you're not doing very many short sales right now. No, no. There's only six active short sale listings out of 1,117. That's an awesome number. It really is. That's a healthy number, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, here's another great one. There's only eight foreclosure That's listings. That's amazing. I mean, yeah. honestly, if you think of how many REO properties we had, that's 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 a good number. Yeah, because we go back to uh, 2000, like, I pulled 2010 stats. Ah. Honestly, I thought that's when you started. Oh, it's okay. 11. I still want to hear it. It was just as bad. I mean. <laughs> yeah, it was. But um, there was, in 2010, for Fresno and Clovis, there were 6,058 solds between January 1st and November 15th. Okay. You know why I picked November 15th? No. Well, that was yesterday. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I could get up-to-date stats. 6,058. Um, there it is. This year, there's 6,400. Oh. So almost the same the amount volume, of sales. Yes. But here's the key statistic. In 2010... That represented $1.09 billion in sales, okay. the dollar volume. This year, it represents $2 two billion, um, two, $2 billion, $2.05 So in other words, double. Almost. Absolutely. That's huge. And maybe that's why there's so few short sales because it shows there's more equity yes. in homes. Yes, absolutely. That's a great statistic. Mm -hmm. And um, the other thing is that of that one, one point, I'm just going to say one billion. Yeah, that's the good. The heck with the, the yeah. fractions, right? Right. One billion in sales back in 2010, a lot of those were short sales and foreclosures. So as a buyer brought money into escrow, escrow dispersed the funds and sent it to a bank in Dallas Absolutely. or Atlanta, Georgia. Not here. Not here. <laughs> Today, of that $2 billion, the buyer brings money into escrow, yes. and escrow disperses more than likely to a local uh, local family yes. who's going to spend again yes. here locally. Yes, local family, families and then families moving into the area. It's crazy how much traffic we have moving into Fresno. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Now, one more stat before we go to our commercial break, but... Um, there's, I told you of active listings, there's 1,100, a little over 1,100 active listings. Another 900 are in escrow. So a little, a few more actives in, in escrows. But on the short sales, there's six active short sale listings, but there's 18 of them in escrow. <laughs> yeah. 
And they're going to stay there. (laughs) (laughs) So you're saying that just takes time. My last escrow that I closed with a short sale was almost two years ago, and it took me exactly a year to close it. A year? Exactly. Honestly, literally, we were just a couple days short of a year. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. And then here's the other one. Eight foreclosures, 23 uh, active, 23 of them are in escrow. So they're... It's not that there's a lot of them. No, they it's just, just sit there. They, they, they pile sit up. there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but those are such good, encouraging numbers. I tell you, it makes me happy to hear that. And in essence, there's no short sales, really. I mean, yeah. compared to what we have going on with everything else, that's awesome. So one last question before we go to commercial break. You say this is encouraging. How's the market? The market's kind of crazy right now. I think it's good. Crazy good. Crazy good. Awesome. Okay. Well, with that crazy good, we're going to go to our first commercial break. So stay (laughs) tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. Don Scordino, your host, here in the studio today on this beautiful summer. It's not summer, is it? It's almost winter, but it look you look out there and it's bright and sunny and vibrant here in downtown Fresno. A lot, a lot of people driving by, Absolutely. walking by. Yeah. Absolutely. And I forgot to say, Steph Stoltenberg of EXP Realty, realtor with them. Um, been in the business almost 10 years. Almost. Um, great. So, uh, and in that 10 years, you went from just starting out everybody thinking you were you know kind of crazy kind of crazy for getting into the market (laughs) timing didn't look so good (laughs) yeah but now tonight you're going to be installed as the women's council of realtors president for um the local chapter yes for the greater fresno area so tell us what what is the women's council of realtors Women's Council of Realtors is uh, an organization, uh, it really, quite simply, we're a leadership training organization. So that's, uh, people wonder, I wondered when I first got involved a couple years ago exactly what we do, and they say we're leadership training, but we are. We have a tagline, Leaders Made Here. Uh, the leadership moves from local level, state level, up into national level if you want. So it's it's quite extensive. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, you told me something yesterday as we were discussing what to talk about on this show. <laughs> and, and I didn't realize this, that it's a leadership training program, not just for the realtor organization, but for um, city councils. Absolutely. The structure of Women's Council is set up really for um, a governmental kind of a circumstance. We're connected to National Association of Realtors. Um, we uh, try to run our local chapters meetings and things, very, uh, board meetings and all, similarly to how you would do inside of, you know, the, the National Association or if you were involved in anything that was political. But quite honestly, uh, this is leadership to be used locally just as well. I mean, local is where our, our heart is, right? Because that's what we do every day. So, yes, you can move into leadership pretty much anywhere. The rules may vary and differ a little bit, but they're quite similarly structured. Mm-hmm. 
Now, is the Women's Council of Realtors a new organization? Yeah, or? the actual whole national organization is not. It's a 80 years old, roughly. But our local chapter here is only five years old. So honestly, we've um, seen some amazing things. Our past presidents are awesome. We've got growth and enthusiasm. And we're not, um, it's a little bit expensive to join our organization. So when people make the commitment to belong to us, I mean, it's it's pretty significant. It's uh, it, it's it's impressive, the group of women and men, believe it or not. Of course, we have men, and they're awesome and amazing. They support women, uh, women not just in real estate, but just the women's um, consideration for leadership. This is for any type of type of leadership. All right, and uh, is it different than NAR, the National Association of Realtors, or part of it? It's part of it. They are our parent company. So um, just like, uh, or a parent organization, yes. So we are connected. You know, um, this last uh, springtime I was in Boston and, um, I mean, in Chicago, and the National Association of Realtors office is there. So uh, we have a little home right inside of it, and a lot of what we do comes straight out of it. So you get to hobnob with people from Boston. Oh, well, honestly, everywhere else. You, you'll probably love this statistic. It's kind of cool. Women's Association, the Women's Council of Realtors, as far as an association, um, we are politically and leadership uh, connected and, and motivated to positions. So where there's a lot of women's council members that sit on the local association, like the Fresno Association, they're very involved. The California Association of Realtors are very involved. But on the National Association as a whole, women's council holds 23 seats What in some sort of leadership on the National Association of Realtors. We, are the, we make up 1% of NAR, but we have 23% of the seats on there. That's how focused the women in this organization are on really uh, participating and, and giving back. Give us an example of what, what, uh, what you learn in there that would help you become a future leader. Oh, I can tell you. Okay, so for me personally, my personality is not so much, um, you know, super uh, critical as far as meetings go and structure and, and, and also there's something called Robert's Rules that we follow, which I'm sure you're familiar with. And so when we actually... I've been hit with them before, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I didn't even know anything about them, quite honestly. And I've been in leadership for a lot of different organizations, but not anything that's more politically associated. So when we actually get together and we sit down, we have, a, you know, we need a quorum, we need to have an agenda we need to follow the different rules and so forth we do reporting we don't you know just sit down and chit chat about things so I mean it's extremely structured but I would have to say out of this year and I'm going to say it tonight one of the things that I've come to value is form and structure even to the point where it sometimes can feel um stifling or difficult it really is meant to keep things on track and keep them all moving forward and so i'd have to thank our president right now julie for that because she's super big on form and structure it's uh, just a personality thing that she shares and it's helped me a lot to really just straight on through well i'll have to talk to you and julie and find out about that form and structure because that'll be a um something that I have to work with next year as president of the yes, Fresno Association absolutely, of Realtors. Absolutely. It's been interesting because last year at this time, we've had, speaking of our growth, last year at this time, you know, we were doing pretty well, but from where we were last year to today, tons of change, tons of growth, and it's been good for our organization. It has. Mm -hmm. Now, I do have a little bit of experience running a meeting, and so what I've done for training purposes is... Um, and a lot of this came from my experience here on the radio show. 
I, I formed some videos, and I Good. I did uh, a training video on a discombobulated board meeting where people are talking over the other, yeah, no, looking at their cell phones. Yes. And it, and it was a funny way of pointing out, don't do that. No, <laughs> but that's a really legitimate point. But, you know, you said another thing about training. One of the difficulties, I think, when people join these organizations, and even with me, is that there's so much to learn, right? It's so different than what you know or understand. So it kind of is important to know what are the rules, what is a parliamentarian, how does all that work? So this year, Casey's going to be our parliamentarian for 2020. And as a millennial, that'll be a good one, too, because she has a whole perspective on how forms should go, and it's going to be helpful helpful for us. How about reaching out into the community? What does the WCR do for reaching out to the community? That's a huge, and, and again, we're local, right? This is this is us. We live here. So this next year, um, one of the, um, something I've been working on all year to try to build a relationship and speaking just with what we're looking at, the Blood Center will be one of our uh, community outreaches and honestly I'd love to involve FAR and anybody else that wants to get involved so they've uh, made the commitment to embed somebody we have Ralph I don't know if you were there last week I know Ralph spoke I wasn't able to be there but uh, Ralph was there and and um, he belongs to the blood center and puts on events and things and he's been embedded he actually belongs to us for a reason he's going to try to pull our, our community together and see what we can do to bring more blood into the blood center that'll be great what do you have a date set yet for the no, <clears throat> what I wanted to do, because we're so competitive, what I'm really hoping is that we can make it into maybe two or three events and then all the different brokerages or we can have different days that we're doing things, but just see who can raise the most blood. Mm-hmm. Um, blood's super vital. Obviously, we all need it. So, yeah, we're going to put the whole plan together. I'd love to have your help. All right. And I do have a little experience with blood drives. Two years ago, I put on the John Miller Spirit of Cooperation Blood no Drive. No kidding. Awesome. Where we took two competing companies working together collaboratively for one common goal, which is, and John Miller's the one who taught me this, that's how we do our transactions. That's how realtors Absolutely. We uh, work together. We have to. Serve their clients. Yes. Yeah. And you got to find common ground. You don't compete with the the other agent in an escrow for no, who, who's no. better. No, it, it's uh, you just collaboration. Gotta, you, yeah, you got to cooperate and get her done. Yeah, it, but it's funny. We are a little bit competitive, so this would be the healthy way to do it. It's like who can raise the most or whatever. And I, I appreciate that about us. We're hardworking, and we do want. We have goals. So where we would collaborate, we're also going to see like what what can we get accomplished. It'd be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, how do you bring value to your members at the WCR? Yeah, we have, um, it's a pretty strict format and really every network, we're considered networks, we all try to adhere to this. We have four industry training events in a year and that's kind of mandated to us, but we also have um, state and national meetings that we attend, so as many as we can afford to take. On our leadership panel, we take them, and that's how the board uh, grows in their leadership. So our job as a board is to help train the leaders that are here that are wanting to uh, grow as people, and then the state and national levels help train us. Excellent. So um, I take it the gala tonight is not for the public well it's probably well it is yeah um, honestly there are still tickets available so certainly you could contact any one of us Uh, we try to make plenty of room but it is um, friends family we have lenders obviously and all of our partners that are uh, you know coming in 
but um, it's really a celebration. So we have our four industry events, we have a huge fundraiser, and then we have our celebration, and that's tonight. And you know, I have two tickets for it, and um, although I don't know how I got this, it says VIP on them. Yes, you're coming to <laughs> VIP. Hey, VIP is going to be so fun. This year we have um, three. You must not know who I am <laughs> if I got <laughs> VIP. Well, we're super excited to have you just anyway. But besides um, just the actual gala itself, you know, our sponsors and our partners have just been so amazing. So we have three different vendors that have, um, they're donating uh, handcrafted alcohol. So when you come to see the VIP, they're going to be there serving it up, talking about how they've made it. And, and it's just awesome. And they're inside of our industry. Oh, great. Hey, our industry is very vibrant. Yes, they are. And with that, we are going to go to our next commercial break. But when we get back, we're going to be talking about something that is very near and dear to our pocketbooks at this time of the year, and it's called property taxes. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that'll be interesting. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. Are you ready for fall? Dress for the season with game day gear, business casual apparel, special event looks, and more with the newest arrivals at Patrick James West Coast Classic. Since 1962, Patrick James has been the Valley's essential destination for men's clothing, styling Fresno's best-dressed gentlemen in everything from denim and t-shirts to made-to-measure suits and tuxedo rentals. Step into their flagship Fig Garden Village store, and you'll be greeted by the friendly, knowledgeable team who will find you the right look and fit for every occasion this fall. They stock classic essentials along with today's on-trend pieces from favorite clothing brands including Peter Millar, Robert Graham, Tommy Bahama, Vicki Freeman, Patrick James Reserve Label, AG, 34 Heritage, Johnny O, Barber, Tory Richard, Gitman Brothers, and more. You'll find footwear, belts, and accessories from Trask, Cole Hahn, Martin Dingman, CVs, Samuel Hubbard, and other staples to finish any look. Find your fall favorites and discover unrivaled service at Patrick James West Coast Classic, located in Fig Garden Village in Fresno and PatrickJames.com. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and here in the studio is Steph Stoltenberg of EXP Realty and incoming president for the Women's Council of Realtors. Now, the the intro music was September. What does September mean? <laughs> that means the county tax collector is starting to prepare your property tax bills. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's one of the more interesting things, right? And um, uh, let, let's do some basics on this because I find, and I don't know about you, if you have found clients that don't really understand how Most property tax. Not. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they make it a little more difficult because the property tax year is July 1st through June 30th, not January. Right. Um, and then you, they, they, you get two installments and they are not exactly six months apart right yeah. <laughs> not six months apart um one is due december the 10th or delinquent december the 10th the other april the 10th yes um and it, it and then the other thing that makes it confusing is that many people have their loan impounded yes meaning that the their lender collects one twelfth of their uh, taxes with each payment, puts it into an impound account, and then pays the taxes. So a lot of people confuse 
their questions for the tax collector versus the um, uh, their lender. Right, their mortgage. Yeah, and the lender, here's the thing. The, oh, also property taxes are state of California. Your lender might be in Absolutely. Georgia. And they don't know California law. Yes. All they know is in, in their state, it's January to January. Yes. So there's all the, all this potential for confusion. And then the, the term assessment <laughs> and the term appraisal often gets, yes. gets mixed up. Absolutely. Have you ever run into that stuff where somebody says, well, the Fresno County says my house, my house is, is worth. worth. Yes, Absolutely. I agree. They they do. They get confused. They get confused with a lot of things. They don't even, um, especially if they get an extra tax bill, they'll get confused about that as oh, well. Oh, the supplemental tax yes. bill. Happens. I had somebody yesterday saying, oh, yeah, I knew I had to pay extra. Yes. Not, and the truth of it is you didn't pay extra. You just paid it in two different parts. Yes. So It happens, especially after you've purchased a home. Mm-hmm. Maybe escrow isn't exactly, you know, they're doing their best to get all the figures and facts and then something will come. Here's, let me try to explain supplemental tax bills. So, because we just gave you an overview of all the confusing things, now let's clear it up. Good. Because that's what Welcome Home Radio is all about. Absolutely. Clarity. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet you by 10 o'clock, there's a lot of people scratching their heads saying, I thought Don said clarity. (laughs) This is a confusing subject, and it's taken me years to figure this one out. But here's what the supplemental tax bill is about. Let's say you buy a property in April. Well, the previous January 1st, the county looked at the, uh, or did their assessment, and it was based on what the people bought it for before. So let's say they bought it for $100,000. So the property's based at $100,000, but now it sells for 250,000 in April. Well, the tax year doesn't even start until July. So you think you would have a right uh, you know the, an up to date assessment, but you don't right. because they did they did everything based in January. When you close the escrow your taxes are going to be based on $100,000 when actually, or, or that's the only tax bill right, out the there. the previous amount. Yeah, that's what escrow has to work with. However, the um, you are going to pay from the day that you bought it in April, you're going to be paying based on $250,000. So you're, you're going to get the property tax bill for the $100,000 and a supplemental tax bill for the other 150,000. Yes. It totals 250, which is what you should be paying. And by the way, that extra 150 will be prorated. Yes. To the day you bought it. So you're not paying extra, you're paying the total the proper amount. Yes. Mhm. All right. Now, you would think that maybe the counties could update their software to make it fast and speedy. They could, and that's too bad they don't. Maybe something. Yeah, but we don't know the whole story there. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, okay. Here's the other thing. If you are um, impounded, in other words, you, you pay your taxes with your your monthly payment, eh, you don't have to think about this too much. Right. I mean, you still should look at those tax bills. You should still keep them and understand what it is you're paying. But let's say you pay it directly. Here, 
I got this big thing in orange from um, the county, and it's the do's and don'ts of paying your taxes. Let me give you some of the don'ts. Don't wait until the last few days prior to December 10th or April 10th to pay your bill. Because if it gets, if you go and dump it in the, uh, you wait till the last day and you put it in a mailbox, in mailbox on the 10th and they don't pick up till the 11th, you are going to have a penalty. Okay. And, and who do you blame? Yeah. I mean, because it's actually due November 1st, delinquent okay. December 10th. Um, the other thing is you can, in December, you can pay both installments. So you don't have to worry about April, but you, Good or idea. You, yeah, or you could uh, do it in two installments. Um, here's another one. Don't ignore supplemental property tax bills. So if you've just bought a home in the last one to two years, you probably will be getting a supplemental tax bill. And don't throw it away or assume that the lender's going to pay. And that's what happens. I think most people just assume because they'll call me and they'll be like, I don't know what this is. And then I have to explain to them, you know, that they do owe, you know, go check. It's probably something that's coming since escrow. Because some people just will set it aside and then all of a sudden they're assessed a penalty and they just didn't realize. You know, as a realtor, my favorite part of supplemental tax bills. What? Is almost every client will call me and say, hey, what is this? I think, <laughs> I think I remember you saying it, but I don't remember what it is. Right. So you get a chance to talk to your Absolutely. your friends again. Yes, that's true. Yeah. And they do call us for a lot of different things, right? Right. Um, know, if you're going to ask a question, know the difference of what you should talk to the tax collector about and what you should talk to your lender about. Oh, that's good. Here's a common one that comes up. Let's say that the property is currently assessed at 225000 but you bought it for 250000 your supplemental tax bill is going to be pretty small. Right. It's 1% of $25,000. You get that supplemental tax bill and you think, well, I want to call my lender and I want them to pay it. Well, go ahead. You can do that. And, and they are collecting based on the new amount. So they'll probably have the money there. But let me give you a little tip on making life a little easier. I would say pay it. You know, it's only going to be a, a very small amount. Pay it. And then at the end of the year, the lender is going to say, oh, wow, we have too much money in your impound account. They'll back. send you a refund. Good. Yeah. Then you know it's done for sure. Yeah. And not only that, you'll probably spend two hours on the phone with a customer service rep from the East Coast. Right. And they don't know what a supplemental tax bill is. All they say is, y'all in... California do things kind of crazy. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> so anyway, um, th that's property taxes. And if you need to know more, talk to your local realtor. But you did a good job with that. That was clear and straightforward. I'm proud. All awesome. right. Hey. You know how many times I've had to explain all that? I've had a lot of time <laughs> to practice it. Um, okay, let's switch subjects a little bit now. Okay. Um, let's go to the National Association of Realtors, which yes. you brought up. Uh, last year, you went to the convention in, yes, Boston. in Boston. 
What did you learn from there about the National Association? Not about Women's Council, but the National Association. Yeah, the National, okay. Uh, the way, uh, just to back up just a little bit, Women's Council will always um, put their program, the national program, right next to the National Association's big conference. So it was really, really interesting to go from our association for the first couple of days and then bleed into the National Association and to see how humongous it is. I mean, it was so expansive and impressive. Um, the vendors were amazing. We had Mark Wahlberg um, as one of the keynote speakers there. Uh, Elizabeth sat down with him an hour and interviewed him. And then we heard about all that was, you know, the, some of the major issues going on in the home buying and selling situation. It, it was impressive, I would have to say. So I went this year to the one in San, in San Francisco, Francisco. Yes. And the keynote speaker was none other than my favorite athlete of any sport <laughs> in any era. It was Magic Johnson. He was a hit. <laughs> oh my God. That guy is amazing. What a speaker. And uh, he jumps off the stage onto the floor and just talked to the. There wow. was probably. 4,000 people in that room. Isn't that crazy, the energy of it all? Oh, and he he outdid the 4,000 people. <laughs> well, he's a star. Come on now, yeah. you better. <laughs> yeah, and my favorite story is he was talking about how he did a film or, or uh, filmed a commercial with Larry Bird, and he said, I had to go to a place called French Lick, Kentucky. <laughs> he goes, who's ever been there? Yeah. But um, then it was lunchtime, and he started to walk towards the trailer thinking he was going to eat there, and Larry Bird says, no, Magic, come on in. My mom made you, uh, made Aww. us lunch. So they go in there, and then um, Larry Bird's mother said, Larry, did you tell him yet? No, Mom, you, you tell Magic. No, you tell him. You tell him. Finally, Larry Bird said, okay, Magic, my mom wants you to know that you are his fa or her, favorite her favorite basketball Aww. player. So to me, that what was a, a great story. story. That's an awesome story. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Very impressive, though. That National Association of Realtors whole thing was amazing. Mm -hmm. But so, And he tied in basketball with real estate. Good. And that is the teamwork involved in, in, in it. You know, like Magic said, he was no good on his own, but you put some other good players out there, and um, he was really good. You know, it, it helped him to excel. Same thing in real estate. Absolutely. You know who did that with us in the California Association of Realtors was Steve Garvey. He did a, a very similar thing talking about real estate and um, uh, the connection between our businesses and what he did in sports. He was amazing. Very, very good speaker. Hey, I got it. Do you it. know who he is? I do. You know I'm a Dodger <laughs> fan. And I actually, I was going up an elevator at Dodger Stadium one time, and there he was. So I had him autograph my hat. I was hat. impressed. He was amazing. He was very good. Yeah. With that, we do have to go to another commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. Limu, when we're not telling people that Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need, I've actually been moonlighting as a DJ. What? Check it! Here's the good part! Liberty, 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 Liberty. Liberty. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Well, 
welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scardino, your host, and all of a sudden, we have a lot, we have more guests in here. Yeah, so we have Steph Stoltenberg, who's been with us the whole, the whole show, and all of a sudden, here comes her son, Brayton Stoltenberg. And, pops right in. Uh, pops in. Thank so, you for having me. Sure. Uh, and uh, I think you walked in here thinking you were going to just look and I just listen. wanted to skate by. Yeah, uh, no way, not on this show. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we had the bumper music. Put me in, coach. Yay. Nathan, you're ready I'm to ready play. to play. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you do? Well, uh, just like my mom, I'm in real estate. I'm a first-year uh, residential real estate agent here in town. Uh, same company? Do same you, company. Do you work together? So uh, we both work for EXP Realty of California. Um, we do work together. Mom's like my mentor. Or should I call her Steph? Can I call her mom? Is that okay? You can call. You can call me. You better you call be- me mom. Just I earned it. it. I earned that title. <laughs> okay. Just whatever you call her, make it respectful. Perfect. There you go. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. So yes, hey, we I'm do a work parent together too. <laughs> but to clarify, we're not a team. This he's out on his own doing amazing and wonderful things. So yeah. Okay. So you're not a team. That raises the question: What do you do when cousin Charlie calls and says, "Hey, I want to buy a home." Which one of you works with yeah, Cousin Yeah, go Charlie? ahead, son. Tell him. What do you do? Well, I, Ooh, this I, in this, in I this think situation, I just let him match. <laughs> this is a little bit uncomfortable. He put me on the spot like that. I think that my, my best advice is to go with the best looking of us, which, whichever one I think is the better looking. Okay, and so I that's going to be your mother. I'll defer, yeah, absolutely, 100% mother. That's sweet. You know what, though? There's plenty of fish in the sea, right? So there's definitely going to be those times, just in reality, that somebody that maybe are my former clients, which is very likely because they are certainly friends well, of Brayton and have been for a yes. long time. So I already know it would be logical that they would go with my son. And I understand that. The rest go with me. <laughs> Basically, that's the way it breaks down. So, yeah, a lot of her former clients have been friends of mine, same age group. And, and so now that I'm coming up through the ranks and they've seen my success because of my mom's platform, um, they've been really uh, excited to work with me. My mom has been a super support with that. I'm, I'm thrilled. I think mm. it's awesome. Yeah, I'll bet it would be great. Um, you know, you could always split it, too. That's true. That's true. And you know what? The future is the future, too. You never know. There's just all this that goes on and part, as you mentioned earlier, with collaboration amongst realtors. And it doesn't even matter if it's your son or not. you got to find what works, right? And there are circumstances where you make different cir- different arrangements or whatever is going to best make everybody happy. So what happens when you're each out there showing property to different clients go ahead son who are you showing a property to this afternoon yeah by the way (laughs) to our (laughs) listeners this is a loaded question because (laughs) before the show started i heard them talking on the phone turns out they're both going to show the same property today to two different people well it actually gets worse than that i submitted an offer on this property already yesterday so the realtor this morning said hey i see your son i did get your offer awesome i see your son's going to show the property today at 11 is he showing it to your buyers go ahead son who are you showing that property so to? <laughs> that's not quite how how it unfolded i get a phone call from my mother and she shows hey um you better not submit an offer on this property <laughs> because i want this property for my gotta clients. fight for my clients so <laughs> luckily mom taught me all of her her uh, her tricks there you go and, john uh, plays to uh get clients Just to like get their you. offer accepted and so i've i'm going to take all that knowledge with a little twist and uh hopefully uh out better yeah, and actually, he told me some really devastating news. So I'm not, I'm not hoping. It to, helps. They're all cash. You know, yeah, that's, see, that's, that's a good thing. That's going to hurt us. <laughs> yeah. 
So I had that situation before where um, I had a listing coming up, and it was it was actually a a tear a burned out foreclosure. So um, okay. there were a lot of contractors that I know that were calling me saying, "Hey, when that comes on the market, I want to submit an offer." Yeah. Well, when it came on the market, I had two of them step up and say, "I want to submit an offer." I cannot. I I didn't feel like I could fairly represent two different buyers. Right, that's hard. So I gave one of them to Tommy, a guy that works with me and had worked with me for years, knows a lot of my my techniques. Does he know your game plan? Yes. The playbook he had in his back pocket. Sometimes he knows it before I even think of it. (laughs) But anyway, it was ironic because we had like 15 different offers on this place. When I submitted them all to the asset manager, he noticed that two of them were identical. Yep. How and, could that be? How and did that <laughs> It was mine and then Tommy's. <laughs> okay, and that's because uh, Tommy learned a lot you. from me. Yeah, and he wanted to win. Yeah, right? He did. Yeah, he they knew. Went, Put they your best offer forward. It's just business. Yeah. <laughs> However, the asset manager who found that kind of strange that two of them would be identical, um, he submits a. Um, highest and best right now you got to really yeah. it out. that's where i had to come up with a brand new strategy to win which of course we did awesome and that's a perfect story but really you bring up such a good point is that we do fight for our clients we want them in the best possible light in the best possible position and and we want them to have what they want mm-hmm. yeah it's just the way it is we fight hard for that yeah and, and by the way techniques and and game uh, strategies and all that in making an offer is not just about the price no there are so many other factors involved such as yeah you've learned this year that's good coming from the first year realtor what have you learned from (laughs) well for me really um the biggest takeaway that i have getting my offer accepted is not obviously just price but making sure that my the from the listing standpoint that all the buyers are actually qualified and they can actually make make it through an escrow period and not have it fall out for me, that's been the biggest thing. And then also, you know, having a trusted lender that's, you know, a second party to maybe get have a second set of eyes to cross-qualify those those buyers to make sure that they can make do. So let me ask you a question. When you're going to put in an offer, do you just blindly throw one in or do you call the listing agent? I like to chop it up with the listing agent whenever I can because if they can like and know me and trust me as well, then maybe I can get my clients better positioned to get their offer accepted. Yep, and you ask good questions. What does the seller need? Sometimes they need something that, again, you can put in your offer to be attractive. That It could be a timeline. It could be a lot of different things. Give an example of what the seller might need that's not monetary. Here's a great one. Um, uh, my seller is going to be moving, but they really want a few extra days. Maybe they need a whole month or so left in the property. So when I call, I'm like, well, what? Is there anything that you are looking for? And they start to tell me that, well, I know that my buyer is very flexible, so I just write it right in. It's I don't necessarily put it in the contract, but I'll put it right in the email. Hey, you know what? If you need flexible timelines, whatever right. that realtor told me, and if we can come up with it, we look much better. And that way everybody wins because sometimes Every, yeah. time is more valuable than actual money. Right? Absolutely. Or maybe they need a short closing, super short. Boy, if we have a lender that can do that, mm-hmm. that's like, I, we let them know. And we try to make sure we follow through with that because you want a reputation that you actually do exactly what you're saying you're doing. Okay, so I'm going to ask both of you now for your best real estate advice. And I'm going to start out with the young guy. Oh, Great. man, <laughs> put the spotlight right on me, right out the gate, huh? Yeah, a little pressure. Okay, little, okay so advice regarding what, please? Uh, 
what, let's say, what is the best real estate advice you could give to a, a buyer? Um, I think that, you know, a lot of times uh, in my, n- you know, new experience that a lot of bu- first-time home buyers or buyers in general come to me and they want to immediately start looking at houses. I was the same way when I bought my first home. And uh, my, I, I am the most important person after they get pre-approved. So finding that lender, getting in touch with somebody that's gonna, that you're going to like, know, and trust, that's going to give you good, sound financial advice on where you're at and, and get you pre-approved, um, I think that is the most important thing you can do because it gives you facts, right? This is what I can afford. This is what a monthly payment is going to amount to with that. And it just takes a lot of the guesswork out of it because liking a house is one thing, but making but feeling comfortable with what you're going to pay for at, at the front end and at the back end is really the most important thing when buying a home, I think. Son, if you were going to have somebody say, but I don't think I'm quite ready. I don't know if I could qualify. Do you still think they should see that lender? 100%. I mean, if you're, it could, you could be 30 days out from you know buying a house and you know it. You could be six months. It could be two years. Just getting that free information in front of you, that way you know for a fact you can buy now. And if you can't, it gives you a game plan for for the long term to figure out when you'll be able to do that. And a lender, like I said, a lot of times people are trying to, well, if I pay down this debt, I can do this. And they'll be able to give you a game plan. Exact plan. plan. All right. Stephanie. You want me to go to the listing side? Sure. That's a good idea. Best real estate advice for a (laughs) seller in one minute or less. In one minute or less is going to be this, um, a plan. Honestly, if you think that uh, putting your house on the market, it's going to be one of your biggest assets you're going to want to sell, find a realtor that you really trust knows how to get you the most amount of money in the least amount of time. And it takes a plan and be prepared that you might be bringing on pods, getting rid of things, but you have an exact plan of how to look amazing on a little tiny cell phone screen. So that's kind of what we said in the beginning of the show about you wouldn't go into a football game without a well-prepared game plan. So why go into real estate any different? Absolutely. It's true. All right. Excellent. Well, with that, I want to thank everybody, or the both of you, for showing up. <laughs> thank you um, for having me. What, yeah, did she ask you to come here on time at nine o'clock or, or a little I late, so sh- she could get the spotlight? <laughs> so a little bit late. I was out showing, and this was just a last-minute deal, and I wanted to show some support, and then I got wrangled into it. Yay! <laughs> I love that. It was fun. Great, and thank you to all our listeners for tuning in today, and we'll be back again next Saturday, nine to ten on ESPN. Hey, CG here for Selma Auto Mall, and let me tell you, I have seen the future, and the future is the North American Car of the Year, now at Selma Auto Mall, the Genesis G70. Oh my goodness, it's a luxury car that competes with Mercedes, BMW, and Lexus, but it doesn't come with a luxury car price, and the list of goodies for the Genesis G70, ridiculous. Complimentary scheduled maintenance for three years or 36,000 miles, whichever comes first. Complimentary oil changes, every normally scheduled maintenance appointment, but the clincher for me complimentary Genesis service valet for three years or 36,000 miles. They'll perform a remote diagnostic check 